0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome to Baseball Outside the Box. Pete Caliendo, your host. Here's another episode, and we're excited. Before we start, don't forget, special thanks to Brian Crocker, producer with the Line of Media Group. Also, ESPN Honolulu. Aloha, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Anytime you want a special guest from Hawaii. Let me know. Email me, kalendal19 at gmail.com. I'll get that guest on. Tell me why you want him on and some specifics about the person. All kinds of baseball people on the show. And thank you for everybody in the U.S. and around the world. Oh, we're in over 100 countries. Um, speaking about countries, guess where we're heading now. It, I, it, was, a, it was one of my favorite, the, one of the best baseball countries in the world, the Dominican Republic. Um I'm going to introduce our guest right now. Let's not waste any time. David Valdez, former professional player. He ran an academy in the Boston area for over 20 years. He was the head baseball coach, Bunker Hill. I love that name. Bunker Hill uh, Community College in Boston. He was the manager of the year there. A couple months with the Detroit Tigers in an international player educational development program. That's where he's at right now in the Dominican, working with... the. Uh, with the Tigers down there, and he's going to be this guy. I want to, I want to learn more about the league because obviously I've been with USA Baseball for a long time, but I want to learn about this, the College Spikes team, MLB draft league. He's going to be this summer. He's going to be the hitting coach. So we'll talk to about him. Let's talk Dominican baseball. Also, again, one of the best. Let's welcome our good friend David Valdez. Hey, amigo,
1: cómo está? You want to play español? Hey, muy bien, very good. That sounds terrific. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, sir, me gusta mucho dominicanos, me gusta mucho cubanos, el, 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 la pelota en, el, en el, todos países. And he, and basically, I said, you know, I like, I love the players in um, the Dominican Republic, Cuba. I love it all over the Caribbean. They're great. Not only they're great players, David, but, you know, they're great people. They've got passion for the game. They play with passion all the time. Isn't that great?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I can tell you how much passionate we are here. And, you know, you've been here a couple of times. So Dominican, this is, we love baseball because this is, you know, our way, one ticket way to the United States and, you know, to help our family, you know, to get better. And this is what we do. We love baseball and we have it in the blog, And we play baseball 24-7. This is what we do. This is how we eat. Yeah, and
0: you know what? I'm, I can't wait to get into that. We're going to get into Dominican baseball. We've had a couple episodes, by the way. It's been a while. Um, but, folks, before we go on Facebook, I can see if you got any questions for David as we're talking. Type to get to it. It's not easy sometimes, but I will try my best. Love having questions from our friends um, all over the world on Facebook. Hey, uh, before we start, I want people to know David uh, a little bit.
1: So let, let's do this real quick. We'll go back and forth real fast. Um, where were you born? Well, I was born here in the Dominican Republic in the capital, Santo Domingo. Yeah, that was was, one of the best play to play play baseball. And then you came to the U.S. to play
0: ball. How did that happen?
1: (laughs) Well, that was 1992. I was drafted by the Seattle Mariners for Pintacora Los Santos. He was the scout to saw me playing. You know, I got some skills. And he said, you know, this kid, me and David Ortiz, we were signing at the same day. And we were playing, being friends ever since.
0: Wow, really? That's awesome. Le- left-handed hitter and folks, we're not taking calls. Uh, we're going to get to that. I want to take calls in the future. I think calls would be great right online, you know, that way you can hear the person. Hey, uh, so le- you left-handed hitter, what position?
1: Yeah, I was a third base, but when I was a little kid, my brother said, hey, you got to be lefty. You got to be lefty. So he got me hitting because he was a baseball player. He was playing for the Milwaukee Brewers that time. And he told me lefties have better hit, better swing. And since I was like seven, eight years old, I was a lefty. I was a righty thrower, playing third base. So I hit lefty my whole life. Good I don't combination. Know how that
0: good combination. Left-handed, right-handed thrower. Sounds good. Yeah. And then you, and then you stayed in the U.S. and you started your own business. So you, what, what else did you do once you got here? After after you got, I'm assuming like any other player, that after they're done, you've got something else. But you had something else going on.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, in 2002, me and Ortiz were talking about opening academy in Boston because he was just being traded to Boston. And I say, hey, this is my last year. I guess surgery in my knee. And we started doing this baseball academy. And then every major league baseball player, you know, before they go to family park, they, they come to my place, 5 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, it was such great. Thing that the player embraced me as their private hitting coach because, you know, they saw that I have the potential to be helping them. And we got soup names like uh, uh, Machado, J.D. Martinez, uh, you name it, Julio Lugo, got, you know, Sol, my friend for 20 years. And we were helping all those Major League Baseball players. Uh, rookie league players and you know college player to achieve their dream over there and in, in, in boston it was great let me tell you it was a great run for 20 years
0: awesome awesome love that a lot of great players hey uh, you know me great swing uh ernie banks told me one time i got one of the best swings he's ever seen but i couldn't hit There you go. okay so now <laughs> were you a good hitter and now you're a good hitting coach or were you just an
1: you know average hitter and, and you're a good you know then became a hitting coach no, I was, I was an okay hitter. I was an okay hitter. Uh, well, I got in my name two Hall of famer hitting behind me, Adrian Beltre for the, Detroit, for the Dodgers, and David Ortiz for, for Seattle. So, yeah, that, <laughs> that makes you a better hitter. Me. Yeah, yeah, that makes it. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, being an, as a hitting coach, it's not only physical that you need to see what they do and run, it's mental and sometimes it's spiritual. It's yeah, a combination.
0: You, it's a combination. Into that, I love you. Brought that up. Um, over about brothers and sisters. You you breaking up a little. Yeah, we had a little internet connection unstable.
1: Folks, hey, uh, yeah, right there. right there. We back. Yeah,
0: right. yeah we back. Uh, how about brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters, anyone play baseball, softball, anything?
1: Yes, of course. Like I said to you before, my brother was. Signed for the Milwaukee Brewers in 1985 by guess who? My good friend Dan Duquette.
0: Oh yeah, Dan was on the show.
1: Dan Duquette was the scout for the Milwaukee for the Milwaukee Brewers in that time. But listen wow. how funny, listen how funny. I was talking in the phone with my brother and he said, Wait, Robert Valdez? That's your brother? I said, Yes. Don't tell me you're the little kid when I went to Dominican him. And that was me at seven years old. Wow. <laughs> Wow, and Dan Duquette has been on the show, fantastic
0: person. He's doing a great oh, job goodness. running his own program. Really love that guy. He, he, he doesn't know me that well, but he's really treated me good. Um, and I really want to thank him on the show. Hey, uh, favorite Dominican meal? There's uh, so much good food in Dominican.
1: Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't even know where to start, to be honest. Uh, All of Sancocho, it. locrio, you know, platanos. It's our, it's our food that we can eat even better. Around. But you know, Dominican food is great. The cuisine over here, people love to come, spend time, you know, and eat, you know, eat our food because we we put a lot of love when we cook. We love to be in the kitchen. That's that's why the, our food is special.
0: A little bit about we'll get into now. Let's start a little bit with the Dominican Republic, and we'll get into the uh, the uh, college spikes team, the MLB draft league. Yes. Dominican Republic. Okay. I I mentioned you have a, we have a lot of players that come from there. They love the game. They got passion. We know they want to get off the Island. You mentioned that. Okay. It's, you know, they want to play in the U.S. I get all that. Um, But even though they're not off the Island and maybe sometimes, you know, at a certain age, they're not going to make it. They're still playing, but they still play with the love. Where does that come from?
1: Well, like I said to you before, baseball for us is a religion everything that we do we breathe we wake up in the morning thinking about baseball we eat our lawn thinking about how that food can be better for us as a heater everything we do here in the Dominican Republic is thinking about baseball how we're going to get better how we can go to the next level how we can be the next you know the next David Ortiz the next Adrian Bultra, the next Vladimir Guerrero, that these, those, those guys are, you know, our idol. And when a kid, it doesn't matter if you make it or not, you will play forever. As soon as your career as a baseball player ended, you start playing softball, and you go for 80 years old and you see a guy cannot even move. still hitting and enjoy the game in the field.
0: Uh, we know that there's a lot of numbers there, obviously. And, you know, when you can play all year round, I get that, you know, you become a better player that got great instincts um, you know, no different in Cuba. A lot of great instincts in the players. You know, because they play yes. out, they play like we used to when I was a kid. Anywhere, and we didn't have coaches to play. Nope. But what do you think are some of the things that raise the level of their ability? You know, in other words, they're better than even though they got the numbers, they're still better than a lot of players around the world. What what makes them that? Is is a physical, mental? You mentioned the mental part, spiritual, yeah. whatever it may be. What do you think those are? That makes a quality, you know, Dominican player.
1: For us, baseball is religious, like I said to you. But we practice. We since we were born, and our father saw that we, had a boy, they, the only thing in their mind is a baseball player. Even my boys gonna be a major league baseball player. So they, tr- they treat us as a baseball players as soon as we were born. First gift that I had was a bat and a glove. So since I was one year old, this is the only thing that I have in my, in my hand to play baseball. Like you said, the sound love to pick up a couple of friends, go to the street, uh, go to the 18, uh, bacon log, and just play baseball 24 seven. We have no lunch. We have no dinner. So my father had to go and chase me. Hey, come on. eat! It's dark. It doesn't matter. We play until it was sunlight 24 seven, 360 day a year. So, you know, you know, practice made perfection. And I think hungry of baseball made perfection. This is my favorite word. Hungry. We are hungry and we want to make it. We want to be the next, you know, Tony Fernandez, uh, the next Vladimir Guerrero, the next Adrian Bertray, the next uh, David Ortiz. This is what we are. We are a baseball player. We are a nation of baseball players. Uh, And this is what we, you know, you know, transfer to our youngsters.
0: You know, David, um, I love the word hungry. And uh, I think that's big, big time. But you, the magic word to me that you said was practice. Um, yes. And I want you to, I want you to talk because I want you to talk to the coaches, players, parents that are listening in, in, you know, in the U.S. and around the world, because in the U.S. especially, practice is not being done enough. You know, it's kind of reduced. We've increased number of games. We want to play a lot of games. And then we don't practice that much. Talk about what how that could hurt young kids. Because like you said, Dominic Republic, like, yeah, they play a lot of games because the weather's good all year round. No doubt. But I found that they practice, even though they play a hundred games, they
1: practice more than they play. That's, this is a great observation. We, everybody thinks that we play baseball every day. It's not true. Right. It's a misconception. Right. We practice Monday to Friday. And then we practice for five days. And then we we play Saturday and Sunday. So the misconception that we play games all the time is not true. We practice more than we play. We go five days of practice, getting ready to play two games during the weekend. Let me tell you, Tony Fernandez. Do you remember Tony Fernandez? Absolutely. He was married to my sister. And every time he sees me, David. I go practice 100 grinders to get one right in the baseball game. So he practiced wow. 100 to get one right. So, this since I was a little kid and I see, like, oh, you guys playing all the time. No, we practice all the time. And we practice what we need to practice because it's not the same to just go over there and practice. No, no, no. We practice what we need. If we need to achieve uh, hitting to right field and an opposite field, This is all we're gonna do that day. We focus and you know go in detail what we need because sometimes you practice for five hours, but you don't know what you did because you didn't you didn't achieve what you were thinking and what you need to get better. This is this is the reality right there. You know, the other
0: thing I've seen is and I kind of laugh at it because we bring teams to the Dominican Republic to play, I've worked with coaches there um you know it's interesting equipment wise okay they don't sometimes they don't have the best equipment they don't have great shoes they don't have great glove they don't have great bat yet there's i see a 12 year old pick up a 32 inch bat you know they choke up on it boom and they can hit you know we're always worried about in the us we got to have the best bat the best love all the technology this that and i get it if you can if you can have better equipment you want to have better equipment but sometimes we overdo it with the equipment. Talk about the equipment some of the kids are using there and still playing the game really well.
1: Listen, uh, this is true. We don't have the best. Uh, I don't blame you. If you have the best tools, you want to use it. My father's always said, the mechanic who had the better tool is going to be the better job. You know, but you got to do, David, you got to do what you got to do for what you have. You cannot complain about what you don't have. You gotta make it happen of what you have. If you gotta, you know, stitch that glove, stitch that batting glove, put something on the bat and you, if that's all you have, do not complain, just go and compete with what you have and give the best because it's not what you have, it's what you can, what, what we, what you can show to people, you know, to show that you care, to show that you are giving 100% what you have. Doesn't matter the equipment is not the right way, it's not the, you know, the, the, the right one or a brand new one. It's what you have. And when you show your passion and you show that you care and you again, you're hungry to show that you want to go to the next play, this at the end, this is what is going to show you. Know your brand new glove or your $500 bad Marucho. I Sorry I mentioned my name, but you know, it but doesn't matter.
0: That's all right. No, I mean, I've had, you know, I, I had an incident one time, a long time ago, we brought a 12 and 13 year old team and you know, we're playing a game and one of the dads came by our dugout, you know, and, and, and something wrong with your bat, you know, maybe <laughs> it's dead, you know? uh And I, I said, no, there's nothing wrong with the bat. Oh, maybe you just need to get a little stronger sometimes, you know, and get a little bit more bat speed. And then the little Multiple Dominican kid came up with a bat. that. Looked, yeah. And then the Dominican <laughs> came, came up the bat with a bat that looked like 39 inches looked like it was a hundred years old and he hits a double in the gap, you know, um again, you know, it has to do with, it's not just the bat. There's other things, and we're going to talk about those. Let's Absolutely. jump to Ortiz, because you brought, you brought him up, okay? Um, this, this is the David Valdez show, but I want to ask you about Ortiz. <laughs> uh, right? Ortiz, what did you learn from him when it came to hitting? It'd be interesting to understand, like, when you talked to him on hitting, what are certain things you learned that were, that were key things that helped you as a hitting coach?
1: Well, uh, we need to go back. 1991, 1992, you know, uh, the first time that I met him, uh, we were doing a tryout for the Seattle Mariners and he couldn't throw his heart was hurting him. He couldn't throw and he couldn't do the infield. But let me tell you, as soon as that guy grabbed the bat and it started hitting that ball, that was said he was, he was drafted right there just because his ability to swing. And he always told me, David, just be simple, just Get on top of the ball, get on top of the ball, muscle up, and just be simple. And he told me a word that I have 20 clients that I can tell you that are still dreaming about me saying, see the ball, hit the ball, see the ball, hit the ball as hard as you can. That's it, simple. So that's why he told me all the time. And, and, you know, his career didn't start as great because he got a little, you know, like he would want to do it, he went to short, and he told me, David. As soon as I lay back and I said, this is the way I am. This is the way I do things," And he went back to his way. So we don't, we don't have to talk no more about this. You know, his numbers right there. Hall of Famer. Just that simple transaction to the back way. saying, wait, I was doing great my whole life. Why do I change now my approach? And then he went back. I said, no, I'm going to continue doing what I was doing when I was successful. Don't change. This is the problem with coaches. Every time they see a kid, for 10 minutes, they try to change overhaul oh, the, the whole swing, the whole approach, and then the kid is you know, lost. and He doesn't know what to do. He's confused. But when you keep the, the, you know, the simple approach, be simple, do what you got to do. If you feel comfortable doing this way, keep learning and learning. That's what David Ortiz said. As soon as I came back, be, be approachable, uh, come back to my swing, come back to get on top of the ball, see the ball, hit the ball, that was easy, that everything was, you know, clicked back to my head.
0: So like any player, you're gonna get into a little funk, you know, you may go 0 for 10, 8, 0 for 15. You gotta go back to the basics.
1: Yes. Well, yeah. you, you know, Mickey Mantle, when, when, when reporters like you, you know, go to him and say, Mickey, people are crying. You 0 for 20 with 17 strikeout. What are you gonna do? absolutely nothing just wait just wait i cannot be changing i just, i know my swing is gonna be there i'm a little off timing right now but it's gonna go there bam bam three for three with two homers see i'm back so that's what i told my players listen relax think about it you know let's gonna let's gonna see if it's mental like i said to you if it's a spiritual you got problem in your house what's going on what can i do to help you no go to, wait, come on, let's go do 3,000 swings and see what happened. now. Sometimes I need to find out what, what is happening with his brain, what is happening in his heart, in his heart what is happening in his soul. Is mechanically? Is mental? Is he here with me or is he in somewhere else? You remember that Julio Lugo, he called me in the war, uh, no, October before the war Series. And wait, what happened? You're hitting 120 the whole season. And we realized there was nothing physically. It was nothing wrong with swim. It was mental. I we realized that was mental what was happening. The best of, of season is like 387 in that war Series. Yeah, so
0: you're basically, what you're saying is you're a mental coach. You're, you're, that's, I mean, the brain is so powerful that first you have to understand the player, where they're coming from. And then see if that cleans up and then go ahead. If that doesn't work, then what do you do?
1: Well, I need to see the players first. I need to see where you were, what what different you're doing. If it's mechanically a look the same, you're doing the same thing. But when the games come, you're doing something different, or you cannot connect with your sense with the same swing you're doing, there's something wrong. It's not mechanically, because mechanically his swing is cut. So, how you feel? Are you spiritual? Something is bad on you? Something at home? Something with you? It's not physically because nothing hurt. So it gotta mm-hmm. be mental. One of the three parts. Because to be a good hitter, a good baseball player, you gotta be. It's not only physically. It's mental and it's spiritual. That everything had to come together. My players are happy. Why do I want a happy player? Because when you're happy, you don't complain. You are coachable. So. Something had to be fun. Come on, pinching what's going on? Tell me. So it's got to be fun. You, it's a game. It's a game. Uh, Lou Brock said, if I don't have fun, what I'm going to play baseball. It's a game. That you got to go, go over there and have fun. You want to go to the field. You, you cannot wait until your father wakes you up. No, no. You are the one who wants to go to the field. That's why my players, I would say, watch the game, Mr. Baseball. You know, you remember Mr. Baseball? Oh, yeah. One of and- my
0: favorite movies.
1: Absolutely. As soon as he put his soul into and he was waiting for his coach with, hey, let's go. Then he changed. He changed everything. Changed the attitude. Changed his approach. He was coachable. He was happy. And he became the player that he was. So it, it got to be a, a, everything. The whole night you are, when you work out with a player. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is so beautiful. When you can click, the, the player engage with what you are saying. He trusts you. This is the more, one of the most important part of base with the trash. You trash your coach, and then you go and perform, and that's it. And be happy.
0: You know, I love all that. Sounds fantastic. And you know, the other thing, you know, you mentioned the Japanese. You know, they focus a lot on the mental part of the game, right? The mental part, the brain, the the health, the, the what they eat. I mean, and then you wonder why again and again they do the same thing you guys do. They practice a lot, you know, where, and I want to go back to that, but they do that. So, the, you know, the common denominator around the world with some of the best countries in the world is practice a lot. Um, and that's what I love that part. You mentioned spiritual. Um, what are we talking about? Spiritual, that, is that the brain again? Um, wh- talk about spiritual when somebody's not in a spiritual mode, when it affects their hitting.
1: Remember, a spiritual is not mental. That's why you gotta be, be very careful when somebody's broken inside. It's not mental. You can talk and you have a conversation and he can go and and do whatever. Everything he had to do on the field is perfect. So it's not mental. Sometimes it can be your spiritual when you are broken inside. But something happened in your house, when something happened uh, with your your spouse, something happened in your environment, back in the country, something is happening. You know, Uh, I, I have a friend, a Venezuelan guy. I said, he's like this. He said, what's going on? He said, "What the best player we have in the team? He told me. My father was just kidnapped two weeks ago. See? There was something wow. happening. It's, it's not mental. His, his approach, he's thinking, everything is there, but it's broken inside the heart because something happened behind, back in his country. So, you know, like Japanese, you say saying Japanese. I love the practice and everything. But Japanese have one problem. Everything is straight we latin we know that life is a game so it's a game but with rules that's what we taste so we are so happy when we play because we know it's a game but have rules you have to follow rules but you have to enjoy life as a game they take it sometimes too serious and you cannot be too serious you gotta have fun inside the game
0: no that's a great point i mean uh absolutely don't tell them too much because they're already good we don't want <laughs> to get them any better internationally you know they're at the top you know when we talk about international baseball olympics you know pan am yes. games not pan am games but world, the world games. series
1: classic the classic yeah the classic
0: i mean they're, they're they just, won twice you know, in a row yeah they're an exception i mean dominicans too i mean a lot of teams are very good um but he, okay look here's the other part you get a lot of coaches you know and uh, during the game okay um the players you there sometimes hey coach you know uh, i don't know maybe they struck out or grounded out whatever what i do wrong uh, a lot right what i do wrong they always think it's mechanically um what's your response to a lot of players when they come up to you and, and ask that
1: like i said before i need to follow my players i need to see them where they're coming from why do you swing that pitch and if you swing that pitch and then you didn't How you recognize that pitch in one moment, you recognize you cannot do it the next time. So this is, you're going to fail seven out of 10, and you're going to be a superstar. So what you got to do is, it's going to keep you up. It's going to keep you aware of what you did wrong. And it's going to keep you thinking that you can do it better next time. This My approach with hitter is be simple. Uh, so I, I never talked to a guy during the game, you struck out, relax. Hey, don't worry about it. It happened to me. I got a kid who struck out three times in a row and the kid's killing himself. Say, hey buddy, relax a little. It's only to in him. You might have won about one when I need it. Hey, God did my witness, not in it, losing by two bases loaded, pow, walk off on run. Yeah. So you see now you're the happiest man alive. So don't let little burn you to kill you spiritual and keep yourself happy. I still have one more. I still want more about us. Michael Jack, Michael Jordan said, it's all with next year. Michael, it's all with next year. Just get prepared. All of us are the same for some players. You know, he said some players we do more in the preseason. That's what we do. We do more in the preseason. We're all equal. We're all the same. But some of us do more in the preseason. While you go up to party, when you go uh, do whatever you have to do that's not related to this, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm doing this. 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 I'm preparing myself for 162 games. Uh, uh, Cincinnati Reds, my friend, Junior Novoa, asked me, David, what do you think that kid, can we sign it? and send it to Rookie League. And I said, what? You signing a rookie player? I would never sign a rookie player. If I draft a kid, it had to be to play in the major league tomorrow. So this (laughs) is my mentality. I always see the kid that can, you know, they can go to the next level. No, no, don't don't be here. Always think that you are here. And if you step ahead, like uh, Les Brown said, if you shoot to the moon, if you miss the moon, at least you're gonna end on the stars.
0: Yeah. You know, and I remember uh, even I did this and, you know, basically I remember hitting a line drive, you know, a guy caught it and then I was upset, you know, and, and my coach said to me, why are you upset? You hit the line drive, (laughs) right? I mean, they just happened to catch it. The person that should be upset is the pitcher, not you. You hit a hard line drive, right? I mean, what, what about, okay. We've had many people on the show, experts in vision, vision training. And, you know, it's not easy. It's not a perfect science. It's not easy for coaches at all levels to train kids on vision during their practices, even though it's very important. You know, along with you, I listen to you and I hear mental, spiritual, body, understanding the player, okay? And then I've got to categorize that now when we start talking about the actual game or practice, the visual has to be at the top because if you can't see something, I don't know how you're going to time it, how you're going to hit it, and we're spending a lot of time working on the swing, when the swing doesn't matter if you can't see it, because, the uh, you know, in my mind, the eyes are going to tell the brain, the brain's going to tell the body, and then here we are, we got a chance, I don't hear a lot, of, even on social media, talk vision, 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 maybe it's because we don't know a lot about it, what you're
1: You're we breaking up a little. But you there, can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? I got you. Can you hear you. me now, Peter? Okay. So, Peter, like I said to you, I got parents dreaming, calling me. David, after 20 years, I have in my head, see the ball, hit the ball. Thousand times you told my kid, see the ball, hit the ball, see the ball, hit the ball. Visual is everything you have. But remember, if you don't have the timing, it doesn't matter if you see the ball. <laughs> if you swing before the ball is here, how good is your vision right here? So I know what you're saying. Vision is everything. But you got to combine vision and timing. They got to go together. Vision and timing, because like you said, your eye is going to tell your brain when to swing. Your brain's going to tell your hands when to pull the trigger. Your, your body is going to follow through with your hips we your knee, with your low, will your, you know, pivot. So it's a combination of, you know, the whole night, vision and timing. But for me, vision is on the top, but timing is in the very top because sometimes you can see the ball and you cannot hit it anyway because your timing is up. So when I work with a player, this is what I focus. Can you see it? Can you time it? Can you see it? Can you time it? If you can time it right here and you can come out with your hand, that's all that I want. It doesn't matter if you put your right foot. friend Thomas, he never hit a ball with his right foot. He put it a mile. So it doesn't matter. You're, if you can time it and you can swim, that's it. It's a, it's a beautiful I'm question. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm with you. And, I, you know, the reason I brought that up is because in order to time, you've got to see the ball well. So I get that they work together because that was going to be my next part is now I gotta work on the timing aspect. So to me, vision and timing are critical. How do you how do you get young players? Is there some, I don't know, drills or something you do to work with timing, something that helps your timing? I know experience obviously helps that, but is there anything else you
1: work with? Oh my god, they're gonna kill me in the coaching community. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna kill me, but you know, I gotta say it, no. We're here in a great conversation with you, but I got to see it. Hey, uh, I don't know how you guys can remember right now how to said it, but, you know, pe- Pepper game. Pepper oh, game. You remember it. those Pepper game? Absolutely. You cannot do it anymore. But in my practice, we're going to do it 20,000 times. Heat it to, to the first one. Heat it to the second one. Heat it to the third one. Heat it here. Heat it line dry. Heat it. Learn how to dominate your hand. You talk to Pete Rose. You sit down with Peter Rose today, and he will literally tear up, saying, "How we don't play Pepper Game anymore? Because one act, an incident, just one. It was one that happened that the guy died, broke a pinky, and that said, cannot do it anymore." <laughs> and you talk to Boy, you talk to Sam Horn, you talk to Billy, and I said, "Listen, Pepper Game, Pepper Game, they had it." A- Players are complaining because the chief, he cannot just pull the ball. What about the other side that is empty? You're a professional baseball player making 20 minutes a year. You need to be capable to hit the ball opposite field.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how many young kids, because we do it all the time, and I get kids that we don't know, you know, that travel with us, that cannot play Pepper. And Pepper, talk about perfect timing. Kids don't throw the ball the <laughs> same speed all the time, right? Then they throw it like, you know, on a hump, they throw it fast, you know, so you got different timing from the guys that are throwing the ball at you. And then you're working on fielding too. I mean, it's amazing how we don't focus on that. We need to get that back into the game. Right. You. listen, um, what else? Cause we could talk hitting all day, obviously, um, because those were critical areas when we're talking about the hitting part, what else are we missing when we're talking hitting, when it, when it comes to working with young players.
1: Uh, there's only one difference between working with a major leaguer and working with a rookie league player. You know what is different? You need to tell, you need to teach the jump players how to get to the point they are ready. And major leaguers they will tell you, "Hey, that's it, I'm ready." You see the difference? Major league players know when they are ready, and minor league players we need to teach them when you are ready. It's not make 3,000 swings the same. It's when that click in your head. Ooh, oh, that's the one. No, 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 no. That's my swing. Leave it there. See, the difference between working with a minor leaguer is to teach them to learn how to get to their point. They are ready. And working with the major leaguer, it's just to work. So they, until they are ready. It's a two completely, two completely different things. And you need to know how to... Uh, a compliment when you're working with a minor leaguer, and we are working with a mi- with a major leaguer. So you got to be very careful with that.
0: Great stuff. Hey, listen, David. Here's a, and I want to go back to timing for a second because, wow, the, I missed this one. Um, <laughs> how many? How many times? First of all, most at bats. And I don't have the statistics, but I know I, I'm pretty good understanding this. Most at bats, you're going to be off time more times than you are on time. Okay. Even though you're trying to get on time. But the good hitters know how to hit when they're off time, when they're, you know, when they're off balance, when when they're fooled, they I got two strikes. I got to do something. Talk about how you adjust when you're off time to maybe get the barrel behind the bat. So that way you got a chance to still get a hit. We don't have to get a home run. We need to get a hit or hit the ball, maybe move a runner over, whatever it is. What do you do when you're off time?
1: How do you adjust? Sometimes you think it's a training. Now, like I said, we need to, we need to practice 24 seven practice, but we come to timing. I'm so sorry to tell you that it's, it's nothing you can do. I don't think there's nothing. When you lose your timing, there's nothing you can do. Like I said to you, oh, that's my swing. I got my timing back. I just going to click. There's nothing you can do and this is when the coach come and kill you, kill your shoulders and kill your spirit because you cannot hit but he's throwing you 3,000 baseballs, 3,000 but, but I can't hit. I got to have my timing. It's here. It's not physically. I do nothing hidden. It's going to click with one swing while you're walking, while you're showering, while you're eating. It's, oh, oh what happened? Oh, I got my swing back. How do you know? I got it. And you know how many times I've been in the field myself and that happened? How many players I work? That's, I mean, that's the one. That's the one. That's what I need. I remember Machado. Machado, we were hitting. He was I'm I'm for 12. I haven't hit one hit in three games. And and off, what happened? I said, this. And we throw one soft toss. He said, Machado, that, I got it. First battle with bases, Lorde. Boom, grand slam, family part. So timing, I'm sorry, I, maybe some you know people more experienced than me. I don't say that this is the key, but for me, timing just click back. There's nothing you can do, no drills you can do. I think so. You know, this is this is what I think. Maybe i sure. know the coaches, so or you have the magic trick. I would like to know. I don't know. But I think timing is, is just the way. <laughs> For you so to come back
0: boom and speaking about that sometimes we you know we're looking for that magic trick and there is no magic trick I money mean, you know there's it's hard work and like you said all of a sudden boy i feel it right oh, oh i felt good on that one timing yes. was good the body was good everything was good are we let me ask you are we getting i know it's a it's a complicated question but are we getting too complicated when it comes to teaching hitting working with hitters We got all this technology. I believe in technology. I think it it can help you. But are we overdoing it a little bit too much?
1: Well, 2014. You remember in 2014 when the Houston Astros and a couple of players, a couple of teams started doing it a little more, you know, sustainable. A little more doing the bringing guy from videos, bringing guy for technology. uh, You know, all those kind of sensors, stuff like that. But if you can tell. I think major leaguers are hitting two forty-two right now. Right, that's the average of the whole league. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a team. Has- the average has gone down, and even the home- now the average is going down, and the home runs are going down. Yeah. So tools are great. You know, it's a access. You gotta combine those two together. Your eyes, the way you train the guys, uh, a sensor have. You know, all the data you need right there. Hey, what you did in- against these players? What you did against this teacher? So, you know, it's very important to know that technology with old school graded when they work together. Remember, yeah. uh, Tesla said that innovation is just a combination that old ideas with new ideas. Nikola Tesla, who better than him to say something like this? So if he said it in 1890, and it's 200 years ago, 100 years ago, I don't know, and it worked, and it's still working, why are we trying to overload one with the other one? No, no, no. It's this way. It's this way. No. It's a combination of both. I love my technology people. I love my old-star, my old-school coaches. I love both of them. But me, I'm in the middle. No, no. I used to help me to prepare because, you know, we, these kids are, they grow with technology. They want to see videos. They want to see, you know, data. They want to see all that, but then you bring it to, re- to reality. Hey, this is what we do too. Okay. It's not only this and this It's all this. So this is the way. That's why I go with the players. They love me because I would never, never say no. I will, if I don't know something, I will learn it, and I will implement it to see the better of their, you know, whatever it's going to make better for the players, better for the games, this is what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think we need to be open-minded and, and understand technology and use it to the best of our ability. Um, we got a lot. Of, I remember the old – you talk about old school. I remember we used to just take a batting team, put it at home plate, and hit the ball in the field, right? Well, I knew yeah. if I hit a line drive yeah. in the gap, that was a pretty good swing. I didn't need a technology to tell me that that was a good swing. I saw where the ball went. So I think you're right. Old school, new school, mix it up, understand it. Don't overload, I'm with you, man. Awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Thank you. uh, Is there any, uh, I know there's drills for different things. Um, Is there one particular drill that you see that you use more often with more players consistently? um, Because maybe that's an issue that most players have or does it just depend on the player?
1: I like to work out with players having been in this game for a long time. Why? Because I, I'm a sponge. I want to steal all their ideas so I can pass it back. And almost 99% of the players that I train, major leaguers, or guys who play you know, a lot of years, independent, Mexico, Korea, Japan, they all, all have one little thing in common. You know what it is? You gotta be a stronger, you gotta be as strong with your left that you are with your right. If you can work with both hands and both hands are the equal, no hand's gonna pull the other one. They're all gonna work together. They're gonna be a combination. So the, the drill that I do with everybody, that I think not everybody's the same, but I like to, you know, to at least try it with everybody and just mm-hmm. hit with your hand, hit with your right, hit with your left hand. Hit with your right hand. And I can see which one are stronger than the other. If it's one stronger than the other, I recommend, hey, we need to do some push-up with both hands. We need to work out with both hands. It's not only your right. It's not only your strong hand. Both are equal. So you don't have a a hole in your swing.
0: You know, and what I love about that, I'll tell you, um, I'm glad you brought the hands up because, you know, we talk about vision, you know, we talk about timing. Talk about vision. You know, it's interesting. You ask you ask a young player, hey, uh, if you need to get the barrel behind the ball, you know, to hit it, what part of your body is gonna take that barrel and put it behind the ball? You know, and I hear I hear hips, hand, you know, this, that, all that, you know, and then you got to think, well, don't that the brain is gonna tell the hands where to go, but and vision is gonna tell them, obviously. But the hands control the bat, so we got to learn how to use that. And that's one thing that the Japanese do pretty good because you see a lot of pitches per at bat you know, the Japanese are pretty high up there because they could control the bat pretty good. So talk about the hands.
1: Yeah. I, you, you see videos. For, I, went to, I went to lunch with Clemente's son, and I said, what do you think your father was to break? He said he didn't care about his body. The only thing he cared was to keep his hands here. You don't remember how far away he was, but it's still yeah. his hands back there. Oh, love Bay them. roof here. Uh, Ken Griffin here. Uh, 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 Pete Rose here. So the hands was here. Doesn't matter what happened was bad. After he come with the hands, bad. That's all what I, everything that happened, it happened when your hands move. Like you said, your vision will tell your brain. Your brain will tell your hand. That's it. Doesn't matter what happened with your, with your body. Oh, you got to stay here. You got to, no, 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 no. You got to hit the ball first.
0: And that's what I again. That's what I love about pepper because you got to use your hands, you know, and that, that really. And we got to get that back. We've been pushing a lot in uh, on the show. Talk get get kids to get back and playing pepper. David, this is awesome, man. I want to finish it Thank with you. this. Um, you know, one obviously you're a very good coach. Uh, you know, you understand players. You understand the mental part. Um, I want to finish it off with the college spikes. I want people to know about it because I really don't know. I heard a little bit about it, I read on a little bit, but talk about the College Spikes MLB Draft League. What is that?
1: Well, uh one of the things that I'm super agreeing with the Major League, that I'm so happy that they're doing it as the Major League Draft League. If you remember, there's 200 collision league everywhere in the United States. So what happened was all the kids that were here, there, Missouri, Mississippi, K-Cup, everywhere. So the scouts, they had to go traveling. They maybe a good first draft pick, it would face a division. I'm not saying that division three is bad or better one or the other, but, you know, division one is division one. But a guy who was in a division one, who's, you know, draft material, first round facing uh, a guy who was in high school or a guy who just come out from high school or a guy who just was playing in a yuko or a guy who was just playing in a division three. But now, what the Major League thought that is amazing is let's gonna bring all those draft pick players eligible and put in one league. And let's see what's happened when you match all those talents one to another. Because you can dominate this league. And then we're going to give you $20 million to draft you. And then you go to rookie single leg, you cannot hit a ball, but why? Because you were facing guys that weren't your level that you were, you know, better than them. But now if you can perform, it's like an all-star. Can you imagine if, if we have the all-star game every day?
0: Yeah. How Most is the competition is going to be?
1: So much better. Wow. So that's what the major league drive is all about. Now, you think you have what it takes to be a first round pick? Show it to me in the league that everybody is a potential first round pick. So, this, if you can perform at that level, what else can I tell you? Is it uh, Kerry Jackson and the people from the major league? I don't know how they come up with that idea, but I applaud. It was, I'm 100% into this. I listen, I'm I'm, you know, a step to a stop my my Detroit Tigers to go to the Major League Draft League because I know that I need to be there to push what they do, to be there to see that the level of the players are here. Mr. Dave Trumbull, All God, all those guys who were in the major league, they're here now. So it's not John Doe or whatever, my friend is gonna coach. No, you have legitimate people there that the kid's going to learn how to play the, the game the right way. All this nonsense, uh, showing off, everything is disappearing in that league. You go over there. No, I, I, no go ahead. Go ahead. You go there, and you're going to show that you are a real baseball player, that you are a first-round draft pick. You're going to go there because if you can perform in that league, In that level, then you can go anywhere from there. Anywhere. No rookie, no single A, no double A, no triple A. Have an impact in the major league team at no time.
0: Great concept. Love it. And I'll tell you why I love it because I think we're at the younger levels, we may be making some mistakes. And that's what my concern is. People going, you know, the game, where the game is going. My concern is this.
1: Young, we would play
0: 13 14 15 years old together right i would play i was 15 i was playing with 18 year olds i was 18 i was playing with 25 year olds um now we want to do two things we want to play only one age and when we have a player who dominates in that league we don't want to move him up right i mean why not move him up so that way he understands what it takes to play at a more competitive area sometimes i think for the good of players, we need to move them down a little bit to let them relax and have fun playing the game. Just your thoughts on that. It's
1: my it's my thought, too, with kid, you know, under 15, 16. I always tell the pattern. My team, 13 years old, we played 14. I never played my age when I was coaching youth baseball. We always played right. If you're 13, you play 14. If you 14, you play 15. And you're going to go with guys 6'3", 6'2", and we didn't care. We're going to go and play baseball against them. I'm very, you know, forward to play up. And like you said, if you're good to, well, you know kids in the high school, they always take – most of them take a year off so they can stay one more year in high school to be more eligible, right. to to do better. Everything is possible. Everything is good when you know how to do it how to implement it, how much you engage and how much you explain and tell me the why you're doing it. And you find the why, the a good reason why you're doing it. And every, you can do everything. You can play up, you can play down, you can play your same age. But remember, when you sign a professional contract, you're gonna face a 42 years old uh, Bartolo Colon with a 90 years old Juan Soto. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you know, everything is it's possible in baseball when you know how to do it yeah
0: and in college you're going to face older players because you might be a freshman and another guy's a senior high school you might get moved up to the varsity or you're playing jv but you're a freshman those are different ages and i just want to encourage uh, i'm, you know, I'm sorry pete. Thing...
1: i'm sorry pete sorry to intrude like i said no, no, you, no. we're not we not we're not talking about ages we're talking about uh uh level of perform if you can perform yes. and go if you if you are First-round material, I never say age. First-round material, you go and play yep. that league. I don't care if you're yeah. in high school or you are at the, the your four-year, you got to have the level of, you know, performance that you're going to show that you are a first-round pick because you can be in high school and you can be drafted number one in the nation. It doesn't matter. That's what we're talking about with skills, not age.
0: Great point. And I, I want to emphasize that again, skills, take a look at your kids, their skills. I love it, David. Hey, uh, this has been an awesome thing. Um, you know, if you want to close it off for me, anything you want to tell coaches, players, and parents in the U S you know, I, I, you know, my goal is always to, to talk on the show about trying to keep kids in the game as long as possible. Um, and coaches are so important because they can keep kids in the game longer uh, from a mental perspective. Anything you want to mention before we close it?
1: Absolutely. I like to close with what I like to say to my players, what I like to say to my coaches. Please go to school, get an education, balance it out, your playing time with your education. You know, it got to be balanced right there, too. Please, parents, encourage your old kids from our Latin countries. From, you know, American, now they love to see the player, your kid to go to the next level. But please, uh, baseball career can be short, too. But if you got your education part, you're going to be better, better player, better person, more coachable. And you going to be the society need heroes to play baseball. But our society need heroes to tell a kid how good they are because they have an education, too. How could they can behave, uh, more upon, uh, You know, uh, you know, be a, a a person for the society where I marry you, a person that somebody like you will invite to your program. Because I'm sure if you see a guy who's the best player, but their behavior out of the out of the field is not is not a, a sample for your audience. I don't think you're gonna bring it up. You're gonna bring you want you wanna be with people that bring you know, bring your spirit, uh, bring your, 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 your participation in society. So you not only in the field, uh, that's why I love Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, because he was not only sure that he was the best uh, uh, boxer, but he was a person who can talk and realize that it was not a joke. We had to accomplish something in society. That's why I said to my parents, get educated, get spiritual, do everything you got to do in the field, but please be a human being that we can be proud of your son. Thank you.
0: All right. Awesome. David, fantastic, man. Thanks for spending time with Baseball Outside the Box, our audience in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, stay safe. Be healthy. God bless you, and I'll see you hopefully somewhere. Uh, good luck with uh, the MLB Draft League and your future, too. Yeah, see you the 26th. We're going to be there. All right. Folks, David Valdez, great job. Special thanks to David. Special thanks to Brian Crocker, producer with the Lineup Media Group. And special thanks to everybody in the U.S. and around the world. Also ESPN Honolulu. Aloha, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Remember, stay safe, be healthy, God bless you, and we'll see you on the next show. This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at baseballoutsidethebox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm.
1: This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.